Welcome to Epic Catharsis. Welcome back to another episode of Epic Catharsis. I'm your host, Tyler. I'm your host, Kelly. And today we have our recurring guest, Christina. And today we're going to do one of our categories of what went wrong, Mulan versus Mulan. We're going to be looking at the animated Mulan, as well as the current live action one that Disney just released on Disney+. Plus. But first, Kelly, why don't you start us off with a poem? Okay, this poem is from the Northern Wei Dynasty, which was in between 386 and 534 A.D., and it goes like this. Tisk tisk, and again tisk tisk, Mulan weaves facing the door. You don't hear the shuttle's sound, you only hear the daughter's sighs. They ask the daughter who's in her heart, they ask the daughter who's on her mind. No one is on the daughter's heart, no one is on the daughter's mind. Last night I saw the draft posters, the Khan is calling many troops. The army list is in twelve scrolls, and on every scroll there's father's name. Father is no grown-up son. Mulan has no elder brother. I want to buy a saddle and a horse and serve in the army in father's place. In the east market, she buys a spirited horse. In the west market, she buys a saddle. In the south market, she buys a bridle. In the north market, she buys a long whip. At dawn, she takes leave of father and mother. In the evening camps on the Yellow River's bank. She doesn't hear the sound of father and mother calling. She only hears the Yellow River's water. Flowing water cried, Sen Sen. At dawn, she takes leave of the Yellow River. In the evening, she arrives at Black Mountain. She doesn't hear the sound of father and mother calling. She only hears Mount Yen's nomad horse cry, Tsu Tsu. She then goes 10,000 miles on the business of war. She crosses passes and mountains like flying. Northern gusts carry the rattle of army pots, chilly light shines on iron armor, generals die in a hundred battles, stout soldiers return after ten years. On her return she sees the Son of Heaven, the Son of Heaven sits on the splendid hill. He gives out promotions in twelve ranks and prizes of a hundred thousand and more. The Khan asks her what she desires. Mulan has no use for a minister's post. I wish to ride a swift mount to take me back to my home. When father and mother hear daughter is coming, they go outside the wall to meet her leaning on each other. When elder sister hears younger sister is coming, she fixes her rogue facing the door. When little brother hears elder sister is coming, he whets the knife quick quick for pig and sheep. I open the door to my east chamber. I sit on the couch in the west room. I take off my wartime gown. I put on my old time clothes. Facing the window, she fixes her cloud-like hair. Hanging up a mirror, she dabs on a yellow flower powder. She goes outside the door and sees her comrades. Her comrades are all amazed and perplexed. Traveling together for twelve years, they didn't know Milan was a girl. The he-hair's feet go hop and skip. The she-hair's eyes are muddled and fuddled. Two hairs running side by side, close to the ground. How can they tell if I am he or she? So that's a... That's a translation or interpretation of the original. Obviously, the original is in Chinese. I think, because that's the first time I've heard the poem, and I think that speaks a lot 
to some of the story of the Mulan that we got from the live action as well as the animated. Now, you're obviously going to, just like a language translation of the story, you're going to have a different translation onto the screen as well as the elements of storytelling. Now, this poem is is more story-heavy, focusing on Mulan's journey and how she gets to the stage that she is. But I think that one of the most interesting aspects of this story was that, well, there was two parts that really stuck out to me. One was that, and I may have missed this, but the name of her father and her mother and stuff, it was it was just focused on, just called father, just called mother. And so it was just kind of given this this overarching familial ties, which I loved. It wasn't trying to bog you down with tons of names. Um, as well as the fact that the tension that we see in these movies that are that Mulan is revolved around in the live action and in the animated is all about the revelation that, oh, Mulan is a woman fighting with these men. But yet in the poem, it doesn't happen until after she's won the awards, after she's gone back home. And I think that that kind of is interesting. I want to hear your guys' opinions on it. You know, I was thinking the same thing because the whole conflict in the movie revolves around them finding out that she's a woman instead of them actually fighting with the the army that has come to kill the emperor. It, as far as the Mulan story goes, it's they find out she's a woman and, you know, do we execute her? Do we exile her? What do we do? But in this one, it's not until in the poem, it's not until they're finished. Everything's been won. The Emperor is safe and Mulan is home. And then they find out. That's very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, um... I thought it was interesting that, yeah, she's off with these dudes for 12 years, and only after the war has ended, and everybody is getting their rewards for being soldiers in this battle... She's like, nah, dog, I just want to go home. And she goes home, and she's a lady. And then her friends come and visit, and they're like, wait. Dope. And that's it. I think the easy answer is when you look at the visual storytelling of Hollywood and movies, you need something a little bit more compelling than just the war. So when you add on the element of not only is she fighting a war, trying to defeat the Huns, or whoever the villain is in the particular film and interpretation. But you get the, the conflict of the characters of is you know, that the revelation that she's a female. And I think that it, it, I think it's just as simple as that added little bit of conflict makes the story a little bit more enticing. I agree. And I think it worked. It, you know, it was that added little bit of spice in a world where that little bit of spice, that whole, it's hard to be a woman because you're not judged on the merits of your person. You're compared to the merits of a man. I just, I think it's compelling and relevant and I, it was a good idea to change those things. Definitely. But I think our title is a little bit mis misleading because we say what went wrong 
with Mulan versus Mulan. But actually, I think that we're mostly in agreement that we liked both movie adaptations of this story. There was just some things that we thought that the animated did a little bit better than the live action. And I think part of that is because the live action was trying to fill the shoes of the 1998 Mulan when they're giant shoes to fill and some of the throwbacks to the to the animated version that the live action did just didn't exactly work out. Not only that, but I mean, they're two different pairs of shoes. On one side, you have an animated, more fantastical kind of musical story. And then on the other side, you have a Eastern rendition that doesn't have music involved other than, you know, the the soundtrack or whatever. But, you know, it's it's not as fantastical. It's not a musical. And so they're hard to compare. I kind of feel like they were just as fantastical. I mean, with the witch and the, the phoenix that were flying around, I still think that they gave that element of fantasy. But I think that what's more interesting to me whenever I saw this movie, because whenever we got the first news that this was coming out and it was not going to be a musical, I was like, oh, no, we have to have the musical elements. You know, I want the that's what I wanted. I, I wanted to feel that nostalgia of the 1998 film. But the parts of this live action Mulan that was the worst were the parts that were trying to emulate the 1998 animated film. I agree, because not... Of course, they added, like, touches of the old soundtrack into the film score, which, that was fine. I like that. You know, it added that, you know, these are two of the same tree or whatever. But they started to add, like, these really corny dialogue bits into the new live-action rendition, and that's where it got... It's it's That's, that's where it's got your eyes rolling. You thinking of the scene where they're talking about their ideal woman? I'll make a man out of you yet. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. But I, I agree. I think if they would have just left it to the motifs from the animated film score with the new film score, I thought that was phenomenal. I thought that was great. And it added... It gave homage to the original movie enough. And then they had Ming-Na Wen come in at the end in that beautiful green, like, yukata or kimono or whatever it is. I don't know what the Chinese version is, but uh, that beautiful green dress. And that was great. And that was plenty of throwback. That was all I needed. Ming-Na Wen, for those of you who don't know, the woman at the end who introduced the character Mulan to the Emperor, she was the voice actress for the original Mulan. She did the speaking parts. And that was really cool. That was really cool to see on screen, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I will say that there was an aspect of this film that I know that, Christina, you had an issue with. And it was more of the... So it was kind of the witch character. Yeah, for me, the witch just didn't... It wasn't the same for me as with, like, the the Hun army or whatever in the, um, the original Mulan. But from what you were explaining to me is that's a part of the Chinese culture and um, mythology. And so that kind of gave it a little bit of an explanation for me. I just didn't like how they 
kind of did the animation for her, I guess. It was just a little over the top for me. Yeah, I think that when you look at it, it, it goes best just back to the, the difference in the film culture, really, of the Eastern film culture and um, Asia and Middle East, as well as in comparison to the Western culture here in America. And usually you see that that mysticism more heavily in the Eastern culture, um, just in all their religions and stuff. Mysticism is just a big part of their films and stuff. And really this film kind of was a mashup between the two, trying to pull like Eastern influences into Western filmmaking. And I think that you kind of have this, this mashup that some people liked and some people didn't. I will say that I liked how the witch's story ended because they could have done some things where it just kind of backpedaled with the story and didn't give it a purpose. But the way the witch's story ended with Mulan, I appreciated that. Yeah, I agree with that. I just... The witch's arc made sense within the context of the story. And I think it was a beautiful way to tie in her mutual fight with Mulan and to give Mulan that ally. But it was rushed to me. Like, it didn't... The pacing of the story to get to that point and the pacing of the witch's arc to get to that point didn't really feel seamless to me. Like, I had a lot of questions and I was like... I mean, I get this, like, I get why you're doing it, and I get what you're feeling, but it felt too fast. Like, fast to the point where it didn't make sense. I think the problem with that was that we just didn't see enough of her. We didn't get enough of her backstory. I mean, we only really saw her a handful of times throughout the whole movie, and every time that she was with, or almost every time, she was with the leader of the villain army. And I think they did that to establish the fact that the witch was disrespected by the leader of that army and that uh, she was she was there for a purpose that wasn't being fulfilled in that she wanted to be treated to an equal as men. And she, I mean, they made it clear that she sort of abandoned her morals to do that for the future, but then she saw Mulan doing it while maintaining her character as a good person. And she was like, oh, well, you're getting farther in this fight than I am, so I will join your side. But it just, I felt like, I don't know how they could have done it differently, honestly, but I felt like they spent too much time getting us to hate the Hun leader and not enough time building a relationship between the witch and Mulan, I guess. I agree, and I think... I think that relationship would have built if we had more backstory than just how the witch came to be with the leader of the villain army, you know, because we didn't really yeah, see her beginning. And um, her whole thing was she just wanted to be able to use her chi like the men were. And so she saw Mulan being able to do this, albeit, or albeit while, you know, with the face of a man, but once she sees how Mulan is faring compared to her, it kind of gets her mind turning. And also, I get the whole, I liked the, the, what were they? The oath, like the, 
the honorifics that they had carved the sword and everything. Yeah. Um, like truth and honesty and all that. But, and I get that that is like being a person of character bolsters your chi. Here's my problem. The witch goes up to Mulan and she's like, I'm going to kick your ass, Mulan. And then Mulan is like, I'm going to kick your ass. And then the witch proceeds to kick Mulan's ass. And she's like, you could have done better if you were honest with yourself. So what does Mulan do in the middle of a battle? Takes her hair down, takes her armor off like an idiot. And all of a sudden, she's a woman. Yeah, that part. That part got me. That part was Who so stupid. It was visual of a sword fight. Like that's just I know not smart. It was visually very cool, but it makes no logical sense. And for that reason, I'm salty about it. Not one bit because they weren't even done fighting yet. But here she goes exposing herself as a woman to her comrades. She could have just said, "Hey guys, I'm a woman, but also I don't want to die, so I'm going to keep on my protective gear." My name's Fa Mulan. But I think talking about your aspect of she has to be honest with herself to unlock her full power and chi, I don't remember in that final battle that she needed that. You know, there wasn't another one-on-one battle. She just went back to the group. The group was being overrun. And yeah, I mean, it helped her take out a couple more enemies. But from what we've seen in the practice, like, you know, her sparring with her comrades and stuff, I feel like she could have held her own still in her confined state. I think that they could have had that reveal be at another aspect when she fought the witch the second time in front of a group of people or something. And also, let's be real. There was plenty of time for her to put her armor back on before she met up with her Conrads. And I mean, just in the animated movie, it made so much more sense for her to get hurt and for them to find out that way. Exactly. I was just about to say this is Mulan versus Mulan. Talking about the animated versus live action, the animated did that reveal better. It made sense. While taking nothing away from her heroics or her bravery. While going back to the Mulan versus Mulan bit, I will say I did like how the live action did their rendition of the ancestors and how they watch over her through the phoenix. I I thought that was well done. And made sense to me. Yeah, it's definitely fun to see in the animated all the ghosts of the ancestors talking. And, of course, Mushu, which is arguably the best part of that animated movie. But when it comes down to it, when it comes down to it and you look at the live action counterpart, I think having it all boiled down to the one phoenix symbol was a lot more... Uh, relatable is probably not the right word, but like just a central symbol was was better done in my opinion. It was concise, it was clean, it made sense, and it the old one was kind of muddled in the way that the ancestors were portrayed because it wasn't a very serious thing. All the ancestors were arguing about who's who was a cross dresser and whatever, and uh it added an elegance. The phoenix added an elegance where there was humor. Honestly, I thought it was a better way to tie her back to her family because they have the phoenix statue right outside their home. And so they 
That's a way for Mulan and her family to relate to each other while they're not together. While as, like, while you have Mushu, he's more of just a comedic, yeah, he's supposed to be watching over Mulan, but also he's just trying to get back in the ancestors' good graces. Yeah, Mushu isn't embodying the virtues that Mulan needs to have. I mean, he's definitely just kind of that comedic relief. I feel like the phoenix, every time that it kind of soared through the sky, was that visual reminder of remember who you are and what makes you the best version of yourself. Remember who you are. <laughs> Is that Lion King? I believe so, yes. But you also talked on an interesting aspect that I think that the animated did better also, which is the pacing of the film. And I feel like with your concerns over how much the witch's information was given and everything, I feel like we have kind of this issue in almost all movies and stuff where there, there's just information that has to be cut. You know, people's attention spans only last about an hour and a half to two hours before they want to, you know, start leaving the theater. They got a pee, got a new, you know, drink thing of popcorn. I mean, People can't sit there all the time anymore for longer and longer movies, so you have to cut. And unfortunately, with the witch not being the, with the witch not being Mulan, she gets, you know, definitely less screen time. We, we miss some of her backstory and what would have allowed us to connect with her better. Um, but overall, the pacing, I think that in the live action Mulan, an issue that we all had was at the beginning where she just spent so much time with her family. We were so focused on trying to get the audience to connect with her and her family that then we get this rushed sequence of her training to be this warrior and the interactions with her friends and stuff. And and then we did this quick battle at the end and it kind of really felt rushed in the fact of the, the later half of the film. But that's where the animated really shown was the the ability for it to just keep you entertained the entire time because even though you have this long aspect at the beginning where she has to get dressed up and we what's that song you like so much reflection i'll no, make a man out of you no not reflection when when she's getting dressed and bring oh, honor to us all uh yeah yeah bringing honors to you know we we see this long long segment before she goes off to war but we still have the decent paced storyline. You know, we have that, 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 that's the best part in my mind of the animated feature film. When they're singing the song of who they want as an ideal woman. And we get this long, fun song. You get to see the personalities of everybody, what makes them all different. It cuts off with this harsh reality check. Yeah, you get this huge tonal shift of this this town, this village that's been decimated. The fire is everywhere. And it pulls you into this moment of the reality of, oh, there's some weight to this story. Like, we are now invested. We want Mulan to succeed because we see the evil of these men, of these people. And, and I she think picks up that doll... Yeah, and we just never got that moment in my mind in the the live action. It was just kind of like a one-pace cruise throughout the whole thing, but the pace was not exactly what you wanted it to be. It was like, all right, so it's her story, it's her background, and we're still going through her background. Oh, I guess she's training now. She's training, and she's learning how to go up this mountain with water. 
Finally, she makes it to the top. All right, now we're going to fight. She's fighting the witch, blah, blah, blah. It's just like there's no peaks and valleys and there's nothing that like, wow, that was awesome. That just happened. That keeps you interested for longer. You know, it just, it needed some pacing changes. It's just, I, it's so hard to do Mulan versus Mulan because they're both so different. And also, I don't know if the producers were like, well, because I know that they wanted to do the initial release in China. So they they consulted with the Chinese government, which was this huge thing, and I'm sure changed the original plan for the story. And then on top of that, it was originally supposed to be a theatrical release. And then COVID happened. And then they put it on Disney and then on Disney Plus. And then Disney Plus was like, Hey, thanks for your subscription. Pay another $30 for this. So a lot of people just really hated this movie. And I think part of that was because Disney made really poor business decisions. Yeah, you you get the... I don't know if it's bad business decisions or if it was like their last ditch effort to... We got to try to make some sort of money back on this because we're not going to get any in any of the markets that we thought we were. So it's... Unfortunately, I think it's a little bit of bad. I think it's a mix of bad business and bad circumstances. Bad. It's good business for them, but it's bad for their consumers. You know, it doesn't exactly look good on them. So, well, in that case, I think that's what makes it bad business is because they did this thing because they thought it would make the money and it backfired and blew up in their faces because everybody was pissed. Everybody was pissed because of the politics and then everybody was pissed because of the price. So it's just they were fighting a, a downhill battle from the start because on top of everything else, they're releasing a movie based on something that is so beloved. And everybody just naturally compares the two, even though they are tonally very different. I will say one of the things that we didn't hit on the movie that I just want to mention really quick is that it was visually pretty stunning. It was a very beautiful movie to watch. It was. And also props to whoever did the trailer for the movie because the score of the trailer mixed with the visuals was incredible. Yeah, trailers aren't usually that great nowadays, but that one definitely, I remember it first time I saw it, that's for sure. Yeah, it was, it hit you and you're like, I need to see that movie. But all right, you guys have heard our opinions on Mulan versus Mulan. You guys let us know which one was your favorite and what aspects of them did you like or didn't like. Big shout out and thank you to our recurring guest, Christina, for coming back on for this episode. Always happy to be here. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Epic Catharsis. Check us out at our website, www.epicatharsis.com, or you can check out our Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram pages and let us know what you thought. We'll be back Wednesday, so don't forget to subscribe for more episodes. Okay, bye!